0: reporting live from cardboard box seats this is nick and this is gabe today we have the privilege of interviewing paris austin who just graduated from cal and he is looking to make a big splash in the nba in the g league or possibly overseas but the best is yet to come with paris so a little bit about paris gabe why don't you tell us a little bit about paris
1: all right so oakland born and raised went to two colleges. You mentioned Cal, but he also went to Boise State. Switched it up a little bit. He talks about that in the interview. He talks also about what this whole COVID thing, and we've talked about it a lot. It's great to hear his perspective, and he has some he has a lot he has some vulnerable moments here. He talks about what his experience was like in his senior year, uh this past this past year when COVID just kind of said, "You know what? Basketball?
0: No, nah, we're not doing that." Or any sport. But it was cool because like last episode, we were talking about how all these players got robbed of, of, of their final year in play. And he gave us the firsthand experience of that. So it was cool to hear that.
1: It was cool to hear that, but it was also cool to hear how his transformation from his perspective of, oh, it's all about basketball from, oh, wow, this thing is much bigger than basketball. And I need to be so grateful for the opportunity that I have. And he really does shine in that moment. Another thing about Paris Austin is he has an interesting all-time NBA team. I like it. I'm a fan. There's there's two names that we have not heard yet at the point guard position and at the power forward position. We're not going to spoil anything. I, I I don't know if I'm still thinking about it. I, yeah, I can agree let it, with let it
0: simmer thing. for a little yeah, bit and then we'll simmer. come back. And I mean, at just the end of the day, Paris is just such an awesome guy, such a family guy. He Talks about if he made it big, how he would just give back to his family, and it's just so selfless and everything like that. So I mean, I, like we always do, we just love talking about the guests before we can we can introduce them. So we'll we'll stop and let you just listen to the podcast because yeah. Paris says it a lot better than we do.
1: That's true, he does. Uh, and so, without further ado, good sir. Would you mind playing that saxophone?
0: Not at all.
1: Ever heard of a cardboard boxy? It's it's kind of like an armchair quarterback. It's a word
0: we made up, and we think it fits our views of basketball pretty well. Our made up phrase means that we think and act like a manager of a team, or even the commissioner some days.
1: But we don't exactly have the bank account to follow up on our team-owning aspirations. We've got ideas and opinions about the league that change when we come up with new ones, and we may have some funny jokes.
0: The important thing is we love basketball, but we also realize there are plenty of important people who make what you see on the court run smoothly. There are a lot of people who work behind the scenes to make the league the best it can be.
1: And we like to showcase them because they don't always get the credit they deserve. If you're looking for great interviews and bad jokes, come to the right place. So come watch with us from our Cardboard Box Seats. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Cardboard Box Seats. My name's Gabe. Nick's here. And today we're talking with Paris Austin. What's going on Paris? You doing all right tonight?
2: Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh been having a good day. Uh, so yeah, everything's been going good for me.
1: Awesome. Well, go ahead and tell our listeners who you are. Uh,
2: my name is Paris Austin. I'm from Oakland, California. Um, I recently just graduated from UC Berkeley. Um, I also play basketball where I played at Cal for um, two years. Before that, um, I played at Boise State um, and I'm on my my journey to the NBA now. I'm trying to find a team to sign with um, and continue my career. That's
0: awesome. So how did you kind of decide to, to switch maybe from Boise State to Cal? What, what made you kind of make that big jump?
2: Uh, it was a combination of things, you know, being able to um, come to a really good university in Cal, having that opportunity and also being uh, a home kid, you know, being, being from Oakland and being right next to Berkeley. They're 15 minutes from each other. So having an opportunity to come there and then also one of the, the best institutions in the country. You know, it was kind of like a no-brainer for me to be able to make that decision and play in one of the top leagues around the country.
0: So, did you grow up loving basketball? Is that something like it was instilled in you, like from a young age, like watching the NBA, or, or did you just pick it up one day?
2: Uh, it was a little bit of both. I think you know, basketball was a way for me to stay out of trouble. You know, just being in Oakland, um, there's a lot of distractions. But I naturally just gravitated toward basketball. You know, once school was over. Um, we'd go to the local park, uh, play basketball with a bunch of kids um, until time for me to go in the house. And over time, as you continue to play something, um, you start to love it. You know, whether that's whether that's basketball, whether that's you know having a girlfriend, or you know just growing a passion for something. You know, you, once you are connected with something for so long, um, you start to love it and. And that's just what happened with the game of basketball.
0: I got yeah, per it. game it's
2: badminton, so.
0: It is not,
1: you <laughs> liar. <laughs> um, Paris, go ahead and tell us about your play style. So you're a point guard, right? Right. So go ahead and tell us about your play style. Are you more of a pass first, or you shoot first, Are you a slasher? What's going on?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly, I, I kind of do them all. You know, um, I kind of just try to make the right play. Okay. okay. If the team needs me to pass first, I can do that. If they need me to score first, I can do that. Um, as far as my my game, I love playing up tempo. You know, I love okay. break. Um, I love getting out running, uh, making a making a highlight plays. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, exciting plays, I love those. You know, plays that get the crowd going. Um, whether it's even on defense, you know, getting that getting that charge, getting that steal. Um, where I'm leading the ball to another player, anything in that sort.
1: I got you. So you you mentioned that whatever the team needs you to do, how, how let's t- let's talk about your basketball IQ here for a second. How do you pick up on that? Is that something the coach is telling you? Hey, defense is making sure you're going to pass first. You're going to go only left. What's going on with that?
2: Um, it depends on the game. Depending, yeah. you know, every game you're not going to be able to do the same thing. That's why that's why they're scouting. Um, but it also it ultimately comes into the game. You know, there may be a game where I have the mismatch, and I and I may need to score more. And it may be a night that my teammate has a mismatch, and I'm just feeding him the ball. So it it just depends on a, on a given night.
1: I gotcha. And did that come with experience, kind of that knowledge that you just developed about the game of basketball?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's you kind of start to understand it. Um, and as you as you notice the game, you start to see m- different mismatches. And everyone wants to win, you know so making the right plays um depends on the game.
1: absolutely so let's talk about your final year at college there for a second your senior year rather how did how did covid affect that what what was your you were kind of living that whole experience when march madness got canceled tournaments started getting canceling left left and right kind of walk us through what was uh what was going on through your head
2: yeah so it, it was pretty tough um just because you know my team, we had started to to winning uh, the last bit of our games. I think we had won maybe five of our last seven games. Um, we had great momentum in our tournament, and we had good seating. Um And I just felt like we could have made a run, you know, um, the way our tournament was set up. We was lined up to where we could have made the NCAA tournament and potentially got a chance to to do um, do something in the NCAA tournament. But I think it hurt. Because it was my last college game unexpectedly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the time you, you get to a point where it's like, you know, it's going to be your last college game. You know, whether it's you're in a game, you're losing. But I felt like it was taken away from me. Yeah. But we didn't get to play the game. You know, COVID took that away.
0: Yeah, you guys didn't really get the closure like uh, everyone before you. So you guys were kind of kind of robbed in that sense. Yeah, we were. So I mean, uh, I feel like a lot of people have, have been saying that not not everyone really got a fair shot this year because COVID took away March Madness and in in the past that's when we've seen players break out. Like thinking about Trey Young a couple years ago, everyone saw how great he was and he moved up in the in the draft process a little bit. Like how how do you think that impacted you guys? I mean, like you you said you were going, you guys had a chance, right?
2: Yeah, it it, it impacted us because. It took away our opportunity, like you said, for for people to watch us, you know, um, and our opportunity just to to make it. You know, who's to say we couldn't make it because we didn't get the chance to? So if we had the chance to play, then it would have been in our own hands, our own destiny. And ultimately, that's what you want. You want it to be in your destiny. You don't want anybody else to have it. And COVID took that opportunity. And not only did it take it for us, it took it for everybody, you know, Everybody around the country, Um, you know, you look at high school kids that were, you know, going into college or maybe their junior year, they hadn't been recruited. yet, And this was their their summer to get recruited. Look at the the high school kids that um, were going to graduate from college. You know, me, I didn't get to graduate um, college. I didn't get to walk the stage, you know. So it was like not only did it affect me. Um, It affected a lot of it affected a lot of people around the world. And I think once I started to realize that um, it made it easier for me to cope with, you know, it in basketball. It was bigger than basketball. It was it was a world. It was a world pandemic and everyone was affected. So um, that made me ease with the pain.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting interesting thing you bring up because, I mean, for you, this is something you've worked your entire life for, right? I mean, it's your senior year. It's that, that tournament-style play where, like Nick was just talking about, you're really looking to shine. Um, but it was a pandemic at the same time. So did you ever feel selfish at one point where you were like, man, I wish I could have like really gone out there and shown, to take hold of my destiny in this last tournament-style play? Um, or did you just kind of realize pretty quickly, like, oh man, basketball is minute my right now?
2: Uh, no, because actually, you know, and we had a tournament game. We had one tournament game, and we played. And not only did I play well, my teammates played well. We won. But for me, that was my first time in college, even in our conference tournament, and winning the playing game. You know, every time, every every year in college. We got to the tournament and I lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I got a bye and I didn't have to play the first round and I lost in the second round. You know, so that was our first chance. That was my first chance, you know, right. winning, winning and getting the advance. So it was exciting for me. I gotcha. to
0: yeah, it's definitely, I mean, like, like you said, it's, it's been a tough year for everyone from high school to college. Uh, as far as like basketball, basketball world. So, kind of fast forward a little bit when you started to to make the jump that you wanted to declare for the draft, or you wanted to to move on from college and take the next step. Next next step being basketball in the NBA, G League, or overseas, or however you wanted to do it. You interviewed with a couple teams, right?
2: Yeah. Um. I think it was it, it was my decision. I mean, it was gonna happen regardless. Um, I felt that you know being able to play. And have the opportunity um, to continue playing college basketball would have gave more teams a better chance to look at me. But yeah. So
0: when you decided you didn't want to play college bat, like you were done, and you wanted to take the next step, did you look for an agent? Because um, we interviewed your agent Wesley a couple couple months ago. Like Gabe was saying, did you look for for him, or did he look for you?
2: Well, he looked for me. You know, I. I was kind of just blindsided from the whole process, you know, was my first time going through this. So there were different agents contacting me and I was just interviewing with them. And, um, you know, Wes was very, um, we connected. You know, we talked multiple times, you know, and I felt like I was able to develop a relationship with him the best um, before anybody else. So that's how we um, got connected.
0: So did he kind of set up those interviews for you with the other teams? Yes. Like the the NBA teams?
2: Yes. Him being, you know, he has the um, access to, you know, talk to these teams and um, basically get in a room with them, you know? Um, yeah. That's why, you know, being an agent, you have to have connections or um, things of that sort to be able to talk to those teams because anybody can become an agent, but if you don't have those connections and anything, you can't. You can't do anything for your player.
1: Absolutely, I totally agree with that. And the more people we talk to, the more people uh, that say it's all about the network. It's all about who you know. Um, you don't have to tell us which teams you interviewed with, but can you tell us what you expected from the interviews and how that changed once you sat down with them?
2: Uh, I I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I was kind of I was kind of all ears. You know, I wanted to hear what they said. But at the same time, I wanted to I wanted them to hear what I had to say. You know, I wanted right. them to understand um, that I was genuine, genuine. Um, I wanted them to understand my basketball IQ, my character. Um, and I want to be able to see something in me um, and, and, and see that I can be an asset for their team. So it was more so um, like a conversation, you know, getting up getting to understand each other, you know, I think these NBA teams, they kind of already got a, a background knowledge of you, of your game. They kind of want to just talk to you and um, hear it from your mouth because they know these type of things. They, they get paid millions of dollars to, you know, investigate and figure out all these things and research. So um, I, think, I think it was just me um, using my voice and um, talking to them.
0: So was it more like an actual like sit down face to face in person interview or did you have to like do some stuff on the court too, and and, like stuff like that? Or or was it more like formal, like in front of each other?
2: Ideally, there are two parts to it. You know, there's a workout process and there's an interview process for me since it was COVID. We could only do interview processes um, over Zoom. So, um, you know, you you get on the get on the call. Um, there's multiple coaches on there and they just want to get to know you. They ask different questions and they want to see your responses.
1: So you have these, these, uh, kind of interview prep guys. They're always like, Oh, well, what's your greatest strengths? What's your greatest weakness or what's your worst weaknesses? Stuff like that. What was one of the more interesting questions that, uh, these teams asked you?
2: Um, kind of the questions, like you said, you know, what, what can you bring to the team? Um, you know, just they wanted to know everything about you. What What do you like to do besides basketball? What What would your coaches say about you? Um, what do you who do you model your game after? Or it, it it's kind of, you know, kind of the same questions or um, regarding basketball. Right. It was kind of like
0: the same as a normal job interview, but it wasn't, it wasn't more basketball absolutely. themed questions.
2: <laughs> exactly it wasn't out of the ordinary or anything of that sort
0: that's cool to know so that way like if I ever wanted to interview for a basketball job I, I have an idea <laughs> I can just take previous interviews
2: yeah it's a, it, that's what it, that's what it is it's the interview you know because um, you're look they're trying to they're trying to hire you they're trying to see if you fit for their team um yeah it's the exact same thing as the interview process for a job.
0: That's pretty cool. So behind the scenes and everything like that, and you didn't really get as much um, being over Zoom and stuff like that. So I wonder, I mean, you might have the answer too. like, do you, do you know, like normally, like, do you guys get like a sneak peek behind the like what the workout room looks like for each team and, and kind of gets a tour of the facilities and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you yeah. do. Because you work, you you usually work out in a facility. um with a couple of different guys, but yeah, same process.
1: So let's talk about after the interviews, what was that whole draft night? What? How did that turn out, or how did that look for you, like the pre-draft process, especially having no combine, anything like that? Um, and has that opened any doors for potential, like playing overseas, or playing on the G League of any team?
2: I think, um, this whole the whole pre-draft process, unless you're like a, a first round draft pick or, you know, the, the air is very unclear. You know, you kind of got to just put your head down to work and let your agent do um, the talking because there's there's no combine. There's there's no working out with teams. So it's really hard for them to be able to um, see you unless you've been a guy that's been high on the draft boards mm-hmm. or projected, you know. Um but yeah, you kind of just got to got to work for my for me my pre-draft process was was good, you know. I was I was isolated to where I was just getting work in every day. Um and that sort. but um it was just growing. though.
1: Yeah, so you were working with um uh, what's the performance lab you were with?
2: Uh Michael Johnson Performance.
1: Right. So what were what were some of the stuff that you were working on there with them?
2: Uh, We worked on everything as far as, you know, we did basketball, we did weights and we also did um, motion as far as like running um, speed and agility. Um, And Michael Johnson performance was the perfect place because they were able to test everything. Um, They had video for it all. And I was able to see my results where I started. Um, how I finished. Mm-hmm. It was just a constant um, working out, but it was a it was a full cool workout, you know, for my whole body. It was, it was very good.
0: Next steps for you. What do you think? What, what are you thinking? Are you thinking um, maybe playing overseas, maybe playing in the G League? I know they have the the G League draft, but I'm not really sure when that is. Do you you think you'll you'll try and
2: go for that? Oh, uh, I think um. I'll probably sign with the G League team. I want to try to sign a ten day contract with the team, um, with the team, or a two way deal. But um, yeah, just I'm just keep working, you know, until um the opportunity presents itself. My my agents been in contact with a few teams, so the only thing that's stopping it now is you are trying to figure out if there's going to be a G League season. You know, there's going to oh, be. Oh, really there's going to be an NBA season but they don't know if there's going to be a G League season so that's that's the only thing
0: okay I didn't know that so if say there's not a G League season and you want to pursue your dream of basketball you think maybe playing overseas would probably be your your next next best bet yeah yeah we've interviewed quite a few people who've actually played overseas and I mean they loved it especially like Playing in, in countries in Europe, like just seeing how beautiful that that country is, and being able to travel and everything like that. So it's it's cool to hear both sides of it all, you know.
2: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I just want to try the NBA route first. Oh, for sure. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about you and Wesley again, real quick. So he reached out to you, uh, among other agents who reached out to you, and you said you made a relationship with him pretty pretty quickly, or. or a lot more um i guess tangible than say the other agents um what was something you appreciated about his recruitment style
2: um i think that he he always checked up on me you know um he he did a good job you know recruiting me you know when you want something you keep going after it. you keep you keep you know putting pressure and i felt like some other agents kind of you know, they, we have two or three conversations and then they'd be like, oh, did you pick your age? And I'm like, nah, I'm just not ready yet. So I actually, I, I maybe waited a month and a half before I picked Wes. You know, I just was like, you know, I got to weigh my options. He didn't put pressure on me. He kind of was just like, you know, this is a big decision, you know, kind of um, go with the best one. And he made me feel most comfortable without even putting any pressure on me in the sense of, You know, you have to pick this this agent, or you have to pick me, or you have to do it soon. He wasn't rushing my process. He Mm -hmm. was letting me um, go through my process, and then throughout that process, I was able to see which agent I liked the most, which was Wes.
0: That's awesome. So, picking an agent is that something where like you let them take you out to dinner and everything
2: like that, or? Well, I couldn't do that because it was COVID. So. Oh, true, true. All conversations. Man, it's a tough,
0: tough year for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, so what do you think is something that kind of separates you from other point guards that are available right now? Like what, what, what do you separate, what separates you?
2: I think my will, you know, I, I'm i a person that's um, very strong on my heart. You know, I got my will to continue to fight and work hard. You know, um, I'm not easily broken and, um, And I've taken losses before, you know. I can keep pushing myself. You know, some people they get down on themselves. I don't get down on myself. I keep pushing. Um, and also just, you know, just coming, being from where I came from, you know, from Oakland, I'm tough-minded. Um, like I said, heart is a big thing for me, but my my basketball IQ, my ability, you know, everybody can say that, but it's more than that. Mm -hmm. I'm a person where. I actually love the game of basketball. Um, like, even if I didn't play basketball for money or had the chance, I would still play b- basketball. So I think at this level, you know, people are, are doing it for a paycheck or they're doing it for 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 the wrong purposes. I, I genuinely still love the game of basketball. And I think when you have a passion for something, you're going to work hard to continue to perfect your your imperfections.
1: Absolutely. Got to respect the the passion for the game, Paris, for sure. So now we're going to transition into a little bit more of a fun section. Now that we got to know you, heard your story, where you're going, where you're coming from. We like to call it hot seat questions. Now, these are questions we didn't, on on purpose, we didn't send over to Wes because these are just pure fun, basketball related. We're just chatting it up. So what we're going to do is Nick and I are going to alternate Uh, asking you questions back and forth and you just answer with your gut if you if it reminds you of a story if you want to hop on a soapbox if you you think you're really passionate about something you want to talk about with one of these uh questions you go down that rabbit trail we're not going to stop you for sure um you're all you all set yep all right so question number one who was your favorite player to play against
2: to play against
1: against
2: um in college
1: absolutely um, or, or in general, if you have if you have someone that comes to mind, and uh, if you played AAU or anything like that,
2: favorite player to play against. In high school, my favorite uh, player to play against was my boy Chase Jeter because we were we played on the same AAU team, but um, he was a top ranked player, and they had a had a top ranked team in high school. We had a top ranked team, and we played them every year, so. Whenever we would beat them, it, it just felt real good. That, I would have to say that's a memory that, that I always thought about.
0: Who is your hardest player to play against?
2: The hardest player to play against? I'd say in college, the hardest player to play against is Peyton Pritchard. Okay. Yeah, Peyton
1: So which team, if you had the final choice, if they called you up and said, hey, we want you to play for us, would you accept in a heartbeat? which team yep
2: that, that's kind of hard because i any team asks me to come play for my i come play but ah, in a heart well
1: well let me switch it let me switch it up and ask this so you grew up in oakland were you a fan of the warriors or would you want to be on that team
2: yeah i would be on the warriors yeah gotcha all right who
0: is your all-time nba top five
1: now now think about this for a second, Paris. Because a lot of people are gonna hear this, and we've had people come on here who have said Tim Duncan is in their top three.
2: Alright, so and my five, Shaq. Shaq Shaq um is my five man. My my two my two my three is I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Jordan as my three. Okay. My two I'm gonna put Kobe. Good man. My one. I'm biased, so
1: Well who are you biased towards?
2: I'm biased, so I mean all time one. I probably gotta put AI in there as the one. Ooh, okay. Alright. So right now I got AI, I got Kobe, I got Jordan, and my four man like a like the best four man. I do think that that Tim Duncan is the best four man and the best power forward in my in my uh, generation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But honestly, I would have to go with KD. Okay. I do was Braun. I mention was Braun. Right.
1: Yeah. So, so you're, I'm assuming you're like your top three all time, not just not position wise. It, it goes something like Jordan, Kobe, Braun. Is that is that what I'm hearing?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. There you go. One of the uh, one of the young guys thinking that Jordan's on top. All right. We We'd love to see it.
2: Jordan, Jordan. Nobody. I don't think nobody was better than Jordan. There you go. You heard you it don't hear that adults.
1: often. You don't. You really don't, especially with the the younger audience.
2: Yeah, nah, nobody was better than Jordan. All
0: right, if you had to describe your play style in one word, what would it be? Exciting. Exciting, okay. Who would you want a
1: shoe deal with? Which brand? Nike. Nike.
0: (laughs) Who in the NBA do you compare your play style to?
2: I would say like... Like, kind of like an Eric Bledsoe. Okay. Like, like an Eric Bledsoe, you know, a strong guard that play defense, that make plays offense. But at the same time, I would compare myself on the offensive end to, like, a Kimba Walker. Okay. Cardiac like, okay.
1: okay. at Kimba. Yeah. Okay. There's that exciting place so that you were talking about. There you go. So <laughs> if you were Adam Silver for a day, what would you do?
2: I would change – I would add another round to the NBA draft.
0: Ah, okay. There
2: you go. I'll make it three rounds.
0: Okay. Three rounds.
2: So still
0: 30. So it'd be up to 90 players yeah. with the potential of being drafted? Yep. Okay. I think
1: that's fair, especially because they, they condense all the players anyway with Summer League, if that happens. Um, I don't think it probably will happen, but in times past when they have summer league, I feel like they always have more players, and they're all just signing people left and right when they're already undrafted. So it makes sense to go ahead and have a third round. I agree with you on that. that that's the and most you original. you could space one. it out.
0: Yeah, you could space it out another day and everything too. Just make it make it even longer.
2: Yeah, you know, football does it with some the rounds; they space theirs though. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also yeah. have a lot more,
1: a lot more room on the roster.
2: Not True, that's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's the only tough part.
2: All right.
0: Last question. What's one thing you're looking forward to when you make it big?
2: I would honestly say just um, putting my family in positions to make them happy, you know, the, like, you know, buying my mom a house or being able to financially help out my sister or my siblings the things like that you know that's that's why that's why we do it you know we do it for ourselves but we do it for our families too you know being able to make others happy and share that moment of joy I think I think that's the greatest thing about it that's awesome
1: a very unselfish player in Paris Austin uh, a man from out of Oakland he's currently undrafted but he is He is fielding every offer right now. Thank you so much, Paris, for uh, hopping on the podcast with us.
2: Thank you. I enjoyed it.